Welcome to this episode of the Jump Around with Lake Dudonis, my podcast on women's basketball. Joining me today, it's the head coach of Southwestern Oklahoma State, Kelsey Music. She is the national champion runner-up, had Steve Gomez of Beloved Christian on yesterday, and uh, an incredible game, but an incredible season for Kelsey and her team. 35-2, and two, they won 35 straight games. They lost their season opener, and then they lost the national championship game. I mean, it's hard to get much better than that, you know, short of winning it, but uh, they had a remarkable uh, run, but... She built the program from nothing. They won three games her first season, and now 10 years later, on the brink of a championship, and certainly will we'll be back competing for it again next year. So I want to talk to her about her, her journey, about the year they had, about the run, and certainly about that championship game. So we'll get on the phone. We'll be right back. This is The Jump Around. And welcome back to the Jump Around. And joining me, as promised, it is Kelsey Music, head coach at Southwestern Oklahoma State. Coach, uh, an incredible season. I know it didn't end uh, quite like you wanted to, but uh, a run all the way to the national championship is certainly uh, nothing to to turn your head at. And uh, congrats to you guys, and thanks for joining me today. Thank you. Yeah, we're excited about what we're able to accomplish this year. And like you said, not exactly how we wanted it to end, but we got to play the longest season uh, possible. Yep. So we were excited about that. Before we get into the season and, and and talk about the run you guys made, I want to go back all the way to you and your and your playing days. You're from Oklahoma. Uh, you you have a great playing career in college. Was coaching always the avenue for you, or did you kind of get into that on accident? You know, honestly, I thought I was going to be a, a teacher. I thought I was going to teach uh, grade school kids and. You know, once I finished my uh, playing career, I remember we actually made it to the national tournament my senior year, and that very last game, I I just wasn't ready to take off my jersey, Mm -hmm. and then I had the opportunity to start coaching, and I knew that was my calling as much as I probably initially, um, going through college, wanted to to deny that. I couldn't deny it after I played my last game. Uh, I definitely feel like this is what I was called to do. Mm -hmm. And then you... You spent some time as a high school coach uh, before getting into the collegiate ranks, if I have that correct. Uh, what was it about, um, what was the biggest differences maybe when, when you go from high school, you go to college, um, were, were there any things that kind of caught you by surprise by the nature of the business? You know, it is a little different. You know, initially I did start out at the college level. Okay. So right after I finished playing at Cameron, I went to Texas State. Then from there I came back to my hometown okay. and in Oklahoma and coached at the high school level, I would say the biggest difference is obviously the recruiting portion of it and the simple fact that you get to, you know, you get to kind of pick and choose who you want to play for you at the college level. And at the high school level, you get who chooses to come out. Um, you don't really get to pick and choose as much. Um, I think that with the different levels, you know, when I was at the high school level, I coached fifth grade through 12th grade. So it was a, a totally different uh, array yeah, of ages of kids because I was in a small town. You know, we we're class A, we're a tiny town in northwest Oklahoma, and, you know, I had to do it all, you know. And so it was kind of neat to see the growth of the kids and see how they bought into the program, you know, and at the college level. It's just awesome when you can kind of pick and choose who you want to kind of fit your system or what you're trying to do at that level um, within your program. 
and get to see them flourish as well. So uh, I really do take pride in player development at any level. And so that's one thing that I really do try to focus on. You know, I understand that, you know, if they're they're capable of playing college basketball, they're already really good, that everyone can fine-tune their skills and improve (laughs) upon those. And so I really do try to take pride and and pay attention to, to how I can make them the very best that they can possibly be. Yeah, well, you certainly have that role, especially as as an assistant, and you go out to Fresno State out in California uh, and have a great run there. Uh, Fresno was really good. You guys went to the tournament while you were there. Uh, You you come back home, though, uh, after that. What was, um, was that kind of always the goal, was to to come back as close to home as possible? I'd say to a certain extent, I think at that point in my my life and my career, um, you know, I truly enjoyed being, um, having the opportunity to be an assistant. I was really able to learn and grow, but I always knew I wanted to be a head coach. Um, you know, as much as there, there are moments when it's not always fun to be the boss, I wanted to be the boss. (laughs) And so, (laughs) so honestly, you know, and I always said, you know, moving over one chair in a different world and it absolutely is. I mean, ultimately all of the decisions and all the blame, you know, falls upon my shoulders, but, I was ready for that. And so when I had the opportunity to apply for the job at, at Southwestern on the state, you know, I I was still young, you know, and then my I still wasn't even thirty yet. So, you know, my head coach at Fresno State, I think he told me once, you know, there's a chance you're not gonna get it. And I thought, Oh, I'm gonna prove him wrong. I'm gonna get this job <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, luckily they, they took a chance on a on a young Oklahoma girl and I I think it's definitely paid off uh, the university and myself but um, I was just ready at that point in my life to be a head coach, and I just was ready to, I think, also to come home and yeah. kind of settle down and, and, you know, make my roots back here in Oklahoma where I was comfortable and where my family was close and where I knew I could uh, recruit some really good Oklahoma talent. Yeah, so you you said you, you knew... Uh, there are certain things about being a head coach that maybe aren't glamorous or aren't great, but was there anything that once you did get the job and once you were in that head coaching role, was there anything that uh, surprised you that, for better or for worse, that maybe you didn't anticipate uh, when you did take over that role? You know, I think for the good is I didn't realize how much I would be able to invest in those players and really, like, they genuinely become your daughters. Um, which is a good thing. And I think the negative is, you know, you just don't realize how many people are going to nitpick and ultimately kind of not like you for a while, whether their daughter's not playing or, you know, or whether they think you made the wrong call or whatnot. So you don't really realize how many people are going to nitpick. But at the end of the day, you know, I take the good with the bad. And, you know, the one thing that you have to do as a head coach is better develop some really thick skin real quick. And I think I was able to do that and, Mm. you know, I take the good with the bad, but yeah. I think the, the good far outweighs the bad in any situation. Yeah. Um, and certainly that, it doesn't help right when you're, when your first year, it's, it's a difficult one. Um, but you took over, right, yeah. you took, now you knew you took the job, so you knew what you're getting yourself into, but, um, you, you go three and four in that, in that first season. And I promise we'll be, we'll be talking about happier things in this, my next question. But uh, take me in that, to that first year. Because, uh, again, even though you, you go in knowing, hey, this might be a difficult year, it still sucks to lose. So uh, how difficult was that for you, for someone who hasn't really lost a lot? It was extremely difficult. Um, and like you said, I, have a, I had never lost a lot in my, my 
you know, playing career or in my coaching career. And I knew that it would be hard my first year because I was trying to, I was trying to change not only the atmosphere, I was also trying to, to implement a whole new system, a system that, you know, I, I took the players that I had that wanted to stay and I, you know, I would allow them to stay because, you know, it wasn't their fault they were getting a new coach. I wasn't going to take that away from them. Mm-hmm. Um, they're trying to get an education as well. But, you know, I think the hardest part is those players weren't ready to run the system that I wanted. But I knew if I wanted to be successful, I had to implement it from the get-go. From day one, I had to go in trying to change the culture and the system. So I knew it would pay dividends in the end. But, you know, no one's going to prepare you mentally for how hard that first year was you know I brought my assistant on and she had never coached before I you know and she she'd never really lost before either and it was just an extremely hard frustrating year um just just but you had to kind of grin and bear it and endure it because I was trying to make such a significant change that I knew it was going to be a process yeah um those three wins though felt good I'm sure when they came right those three wins when you got them you're like yeah. oh thank and, you, you know, <laughs> it was oh it was huge <laughs> But, you know, there were so many games that we were in that we played mm. really close. Yeah. And obviously no one's going to go back and look and say, oh, well, they, that was, you know, a right. top whatever team and you actually bar- they barely beat you. They're just going to look at your wins and losses. But my team really grew from that because I had a set of twins that I recruited from Beaver that year. They were true freshmen. We won three games. In their junior season, we won three games in one weekend to win our first conference <laughs> title. So just to see the maturity of them was also an impressive thing. As much as it was awful, don't get me wrong, yeah, I hated yeah. every minute of losing. <laughs> but to see how much sweeter that that first conference title was, it was pretty sweet. Well, I was going to say, you led me in exactly. You guys go 20-9 and nine in year three and win that conference tournament title. Um, for you... I mean, that's a quick turnaround. You know, I mean, it really, if we're, if we're being honest, you know, you need four, five, six years sometimes to really get it going. But for you guys to have that quick of a turnaround, was there a time that season that you kind of looked around and thought, oh, okay, we, we got a shot here? There really was. I mean, we had a, you know, I had some of those, you know, recruits that I had brought in from day one that were, you know, juniors now I'd taken I'd gotten a couple of uh, JUCO transfers and at that point I took a lot of tra- junior college kids from Fresno City College because that's where I I got the dribble drive and the system that we started at Fresno State that I brought with me and so they already kind of knew what I expected from them and so bringing those kids in and then I got a hometown girl in Darcy Dick that uh, transferred back from a D1 and she's originally from just right up the street in Cordell and so to be able to kind of bring it all together, you know, I knew when we started that year, I thought, man, we have a chance to be really good. But I think right after the Christmas break, it kind of started clicking for us. Mm. And we really were able to turn it on at that point. And I remember going into that conference tournament with Twins from Beaver, Saray and Mariah. They said, Coach, we're about to win three games in one weekend, and we only won three games our first year. And I said, you're right. Well, we're about to do this. And they just kind of had a different feel about them and they knew that what they've been through had made them tougher even though it was you know not a no one wants to lose but it helps prepare them to like I said to make that victory so much sweeter yeah that's good stuff I I want to get into this year though because this was the year last year was great too but then this year uh you, you guys lose your season opener 
and then you proceed to win 35 straight games, which is absurd. Uh, 35 straight games <laughs> is stupid, as you're aware. And part of that 35 wins was you got to beat the team that beat you in the season opener again uh, in the in the regional. So you guys make that run. I mean, at some point, I feel like if I'm, if I'm in your shoes, I'm looking around going, what the heck? What, what's going on? This is crazy. Uh <laughs> How enjoyable was this year? Like, just take me into this season because that's that's you don't win thirty five games in a row. That doesn't happen. Exactly. I think you know it's kind of funny because we had a, we were doing a camp this summer, and my senior point guard Hayden Gritty, she was talking to a girl, and we were at an elite camp, and she said the girl, this little high school girl, said, you know, we've got a lot of pressure. We, we want to win the state title, and Hayden said, well. We're, we're we're not supposed to lose a game and win the national tournament. That's a lot of pressure, <laughs> you know. And I thought, man, they have a different mentality about them this year. And when we went out and we didn't play well in our first game, I felt like they kind of played entitled, like they were just going to walk in and win. Yeah. And it kind of shook them to their core. Like, man, we got to, you know, if we really want to do what we say we're going to do, we got to step it up. And and they really did. I mean, I remember in that locker room, I heard a couple of them say before I walked in, you know. That's it. We're not losing again. We didn't. We didn't start the season to to lose and have losses here and there. We came to win this year, and and so they really did take it personal. And I felt like they really elevated their game at that point and took it personal. Like you know, we're on a mission and we're accomplishing it, and you know, we're just going to knock off people when they get in our way. And so it was really, it was really a special group. I mean, they had a different mentality. They had a different edge about them. And, and honestly, a, a different maturity level because I felt like the season but last year when, when we had been winning and things were going really good for us, we got a little tight at the end of the year. Hmm. And I felt like this season they really just embraced, you know, just growing and getting better each game. And they never felt um, – of course, it felt pressure, I'm sure, but at the same time they applied it differently and they didn't allow it to, to control them, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. And, and it's – you can see it too because if you even go to your regional, you play close games like Emporia State, who was the team that beat you in the opener. You play them to a six-point game, you beat them. Then you take on the defending champs at Central Missouri, you beat them by three. Uh, then you, you beat Fort Hayes State, but then St. A's ten-point game, it's tight throughout. Indiana of PA again, you win by nine, it's pretty tight. So you guys were involved in a lot of close games too, and were able to kind of gut it out uh, as you guys are making that run. Uh, and eventually do get to the finals uh, against Lubbock Christian. You guys were playing really, really well. What um, for people? You know, not a lot of people have played in a national championship game. So to take us to to that day. You, you play. You play at six o'clock at night. Um, take us through the emotions of the day and kind of th- through your guys' process as you got ready for that game. You know, I just think that it was we, we approached it as an honor to a certain extent like we had talked about it we had really I felt like spoken a lot of things into existence you know when we went to to the regional tournament when we first started our run into the national tournament you know I said I we were you know we needed to avenge a loss to Emporia and I wanted to play the fitting national champ and then I wanted a chance at Fort Hayes because you know us in Fort Hayes were back and forth and he was going to host the, the region and they were able to and at that point we really were trying to do something special. And so, you know, so we really spoke it into in existence. And then the next thing is, is you know, going to that national tournament, we we did a, you know, it, it was just an honor to get there, you know, obviously at the Elite Eight. But 
the biggest thing is is just to see my team really flourish and enjoy the moment because it's kind of hard when you're you know you're still trying to win. I didn't sleep much because I'm watching film <laughs> day and night trying to prepare and it's quick turnaround. But you know, getting to that national tournament game, being able to have the opportunity to play, I just told my players I said you actually got to play a full season, no matter what. You know, win, lose, or draw. Obviously, we're playing to win, but you got to play. There's only two teams left playing. You know, yeah. what an honor to be able to take the floor and know everyone else is done. There's two teams left standing out of 300 teams in the nation, and you're one of the two. What a moment! Yeah, um, it, it's it is pretty cool when you break it down like that. Um, and then the game lived up to its billing. Uh, an incredible game. Um, I had actually I had Steve Gomez on yesterday, uh, and I told him I was uh, peppering my Twitter followers. Where I'm like, if you are a women's basketball fan and you are not watching this game, like unfollow me. Like I don't want to talk to you. Like turn this thing on. Uh, I really did. Uh, you can go back. I was really annoying about it, but it, it was an inc- I love it. it was an incredible game. It really was. Um, but you get into overtime, and you guys were leading pretty much to the whole thing. Uh, and then they go down and, and, and hit that shot to send it a double overtime. For you, what are you thinking when, when the ball's in the air? Are you just thinking, I hope it misses? You know, are you thinking, shit? Like, what, what, what's going through your head? Yeah. <laughs> you know, honestly, I thought at that point, we were up three with, like, under 20 seconds to go. And you're thinking, I think there was, I mean, 15 seconds or something on the clock. There wasn't a whole lot of time. And I'm thinking all we need is one rebound. So yeah. I was like, no three, no foul. You know, switch everything. All we got to get is on rebound. And they missed the first three, but we don't get the rebound. Yeah. And I think we're all looking around like stunned, like, how do we miss this rebound? I mean, it does take a long bounce, an odd bounce. And then they kicked out to their post player <laughs> and it's that three. And, I mean, Haley Tucker was under the net. And, you know, later after after the fact, she's like, Coach, I really thought it was short. It did not look like it was going in. And then it went in. And, honestly, I think that at that point when it went in, it could it punched us right in the gut and took the wind out of ourselves yeah. a little bit. And then I just didn't feel like my team recovered in that second overtime like we needed to. But, but man, when you look back, I mean, obviously a game is longer than one possession. Yeah. But at that point, it feels like all we had to do was get one rebound. One rebound, you know? Yeah. And again, there's, you know, at this point, there's 45 minutes in the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we, we made other mistakes. But at that point, it was just gut-wrenching to know, like, we're one rebound away. I mean, it's just heartbreaking. Yeah. What, um, I mean, I know sad, but w- w- just in the locker room afterwards, what, as much as you can, as much as you're willing to take us in, uh, for you guys, especially, again, you, you, you win three games your first year, and now you're in the national championship. Um, what, what, you know, what's it like? Was there able, were, were your players able to take any solace in the fact of what, I mean, you guys had an, an incredible accomplishment regardless. You know, and what was really special is I probably had about 10 of my former players that had come. Some of, a couple of them had been there pretty much all week. Um, and those Euler twins that I first recruited mm-hmm. that first year, they spent the whole week at Ohio watching it. Oh, that's cool. And to see like nine or 10 of my former former lady dog sitting in the bleachers in that national championship game. I mean, I had a girl fly from California, from Dallas. Wow. They drove from Oklahoma. To see them in the bleachers still supporting and loving this team, even though they really don't know these players, they know what it took to help build this system, to build this program from the ground up. 
I mean, it was such a sweet moment. And, you know, this team was really special. And so, you know, when you go in that locker room and, and you're facing, you, you know that it was such an amazing game, like you said. I mean, it was back and forth. We start out terrible in the first five minutes of the game. We come back. I mean, it was just an unbelievable championship game. I mean, no matter what, you got your money's worth. Absolutely. And it was such a good game of women's basketball. I mean, 95 points was, you know, what Lubbock scored. I mean, I mean, it was just incredible. But at the same time, when you walk in and you have to face defeat, especially when it felt like you were so close to, to being victorious, I mean, it was very painful. But at the same time, I tried to remind my players, uh, how proud I was because they were able to accomplish something that no other team at Swansea has been able to do at the NCAA level. And we really made waves. And I felt like this team didn't just bring Swansea together, like brought our whole campus. I felt like it united the town of Weatherford, the whole state of Oklahoma. And I mean, all over, all over the United States, people were watching yeah. and loving on us Lady Bulldogs. And it was just such a, it was such a surreal moment to be able to to be in that in that spot and playing in a national championship game. But you know, at at the end of every year, we get to hug our seniors, and I think that's the hardest thing is to know that you know that group will never be together again. And you know, Haley and Hayden have really left their mark. They're leaving in the record books. They were able to do things that no other set of seniors has been able to do, and that's just really special. But it. You know, it's a hard pill to swallow when you know you're not going to be able to coach coach those girls again. So it was a proud moment, but it was a, definitely a sad moment. And, you know, we have little kids that have watched them grow, you know, that have grown up around them. And it's hard when your kids start crying, too. You know, I have a yeah. five-year-old and a three-year-old, and they're crying. Cause <laughs> the, the, those seniors are graduating, uh, you know, and they, yeah. they, they don't want them to leave. I mean, everybody's upset at this point. Oh, uh, that's heartbreaking. Come on, man. That's that's too much. It was. It was. I mean, my five-year-old's sitting outside the locker with red eyes. I'm holding <laughs> my three-year-old. He doesn't fully understand. He's starting to whimper and cry because, you know, everyone <laughs> else is upset. It, 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 was, it was heartbreaking. Uh. That's tough. Oh, wow, man, you make me sad. Uh, well, let's let's <laughs> let's let's talk about good things. Again, uh, an incredible accomplishment. I, I know you know that, but um, for you, just kind of big picture, looking back over your time, you, you've been a head coach now for ten years. Um, what, in what areas, in what way would you say that you have grown the most? That's been the most beneficial to you and your program. You know, I think one of the biggest things is no matter what, you know, I can blame a play or whatever, but I always critique myself first. And I tell my team that, you know, like I, obviously I, I, I get to critique them, but I spend just as much time critiquing myself after a win or a loss or no matter what, because I want to be the very best I could be for my team. And if I don't critique myself, then I'm not growing. And, you know, I'm always trying to watch film and grow and learn and, for instance, this year I knew if we wanted to take it to another level, I had to make a change, and that's why why we implemented our full court man to man defense with the trapping and everything in it. You know, initially, if you ask my players, they thought I was crazy. You know, <laughs> they thought I was absolutely absurd and out of my mind, basically. And then once we started going, and they learned, and they just grew and got better, they realized that man we're able to win at a higher rate and by more points because of this defense. So I think in my younger years, I was a little bit more stubborn and I thought, okay, I have to do it this way or that way. 
And as I matured and grown as a coach, I realized that I, I have to make, make changes and make adjustments and, and continue to grow as a coach and critique myself so that I can be the very best I can for my team. Mm. Yeah, let's go. Well, last one. I'll get you out of here on this one. Um, for the future, as you move forward, what is... What is what? What's different about your team? What's you know? What's your sell? Give me, give me, and the listeners uh, a sell on you and, and your program, um, and you know, and the, the biggest message, the biggest thing you'd want to get across. You know, I think one of the biggest things is we've really developed into a family here, and you know, when we sat in that uh, post game press conference, and I have you know sophomore Bethany Frank and a senior and Haley Tucker. And to watch them be vulnerable and emotional about the season and about how far we've come, but about that loss, you know, it just really tugged at my heartstrings in the simple fact that, you know, we always joke that I'm a velvet brick, you know, I just have to, I'm always, a, I'm always a hard, tough one. That's really funny. But I always tell them that they're the velvet on my brick and not very many people get to see that. And just, just to see that emotion from them, of how they really will tell you that we are a family here. And that's, that's something I'm extremely proud of. You know, the one thing I felt like that was extremely different about this team from last year's team is I had depth. Those freshmen that became sophomores really stepped up and embraced their roles and gave us quality minutes. And I think that that's important for my future because they got a taste of something extremely special they got to enjoy a moment of being in the Elite Eight that's going to hopefully drive them to continue to grow and be better as, as athletes and for our team to be able to try to maintain this level of greatness. And I think that that drive, when you get a little taste of it, it it'll hopefully spur them into having a great offseason and a great summer so that there's not a drop-off. And as we bring in new players, that they just get to step right in and, and grow up in the system as well but these upperclassmen lead the way and show them of, of what it takes to be great and that we can maintain. You know, I always say I want to I want to reload and not rebuild. Yeah. And I really feel like this is a moment uh, to, to really see what, where we're at. If, if we're able to just reload or if we have to rebuild a little bit. But I'm extremely proud of, of my younger my younger players. Um, I just pray that it continues to spur them. Uh, to work hard and to to reach higher levels and bigger goals because we we're able to make that a reality this year, and I know that they don't want it to escape them in the future. Yeah, well, uh, an incredible season. They had thirty-five and two, undefeated uh, in conference play, national runner-up, Southwestern Oklahoma State. Kelsey Music, I really appreciate you and your time. Again, congrats to you. Uh, an incredible run. It really was fun to watch that game, and uh, the best of luck to you and your program in the future. Thank you. I appreciate you just giving us some time and some coverage. Well, thanks again to Kelsey Music, uh, head coach at Southwestern Oklahoma State. And and again, congrats to to them uh, for a remarkable year. Thanks to you for listening uh, to the Jump Around, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you listen. I appreciate it. If you listen on iTunes and can leave a rating and a review, that would be great. You can find me on Twitter, always at Blake Dudonis. And until next time. This is the jump around.